Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. I'd like to ask you to turn with us over to 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter. I want to begin reading at verse number 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness unto him for Jonathan's sake? There was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now when this Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. Now I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. Thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou should look upon such a dead dog as I am? My message this morning deals with the subject, is there any left of the house of Saul? I want us to look at this. I believe that God give us this word, not just that we would learn a story about David and Jonathan and Mephibosheth, but those types and shadows in the Old Testament that will help us understand salvation in a greater way. We look at Mephibosheth as a sinner. We look at Ziba, the servant, as a Christian or the Spirit of God, and we look at David and Jonathan as the father and the son. Is there any left of the house of Saul? I believe one of the reasons that God hasn't already come back, he's still looking for honest souls. He's looking for those that he can show his kindness to. You know, the Bible lets us know that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. God searching for souls to show his kindness to. All I'm so thankful for the love of God, that he sought us out when we were unlovable, when we didn't deserve God's love. It was only by the grace of God that we're saved today. Unmerited favor. We didn't deserve to be saved. Nobody's ever deserved to have been saved. But it's just been by the grace of God and what makes it by the grace of God is because he loved us when we were unlovable, when we didn't deserve the love of God. He said in Romans 5th chapter verse number 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for good people. He didn't die for righteous people. He didn't die for holy people, but he died for sinners. He loved us when we were sinners. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you're outside the ark of safety, God loves you. 
Amen. He died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ephesians, the second chapter and verse number four says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had the quickness together with Christ, by grace are you saved. Even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were lost without God, I mean when we were in the depths of sin, when we blasphemed his holy name, when we cursed, when we were walking after the flesh, when we was living deep in sin, God's love was still seeking after us. It was still searching for us. And God's love's searching for you. If you're lost without God, God's got one thing in mind. He's wanting to show his kindness unto you. But the thing is, friend, you don't have to accept his kindness. You can reject the kindness of God. But if you reject his kindness, if you reject his mercy, if you reject his love, if you reject his grace, then you'll have to deal with the wrath of God. God will deal with you through the wrath of God. I'd rather him deal with me through love and mercy and grace. Amen. He said in Ephesians, the second chapter, verse number seven, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Amen. All friends, sometimes we think about it. We think about who we are, what we was, but yet he sought after us, yet he came to us. And it reminds me of the scripture over in Psalms, the eighth chapter and verse number four, where it says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man after all that still he's mindful of him? Still he cares about him. Still he searches to show them kindness. Now we want to get a little bit of the context of the past chapters. We find that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Then Jonathan David made a covenant because he loved him as he did his own soul. Now there's something about Mephibosheth we want to look at. Mephibosheth was lame on his feet. He wasn't born lame, but he was lame on his feet. When Mephibosheth was five years old, tidings came of Saul, and when Mephibosheth's nurse took him, she began to flee, and she fell, and fell with Mephibosheth, and from that day forward, Mephibosheth was lame on his feet. That shows me that this doctrine, that's not the only passage of Scripture, but it's one passage of Scripture that shows me that the doctrine of inherited sin is not true. Amen. Amen. Mephibosheth was born in this world. He was able to walk, but he fell from that position. You see, the Bible says that God made men upright, but they sought out many evil inventions. Amen. God makes men upright. I hear people say sometimes, talking about homosexuals and lesbians and alcoholics, well, that's the way they was born. That's the way God made them. No, God don't make nobody like that. God makes men upright, but they seek out many evil inventions. Amen. We fall from that place. According to Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, we can't blame our sin on Adam. 
We can't blame our sin on our fathers. How's come, Brother Larry? Well, he said the children have eaten sour grapes, and he said that their teeth set on edge. He said, as the soul liveth, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It's the soul that sin that shall die. You can't blame your sin on anyone else. Everyone, when they get to the judgment, they'll stand accountable for their sins. It's easy to lay your sin on your wife. It's easy to lay your sin on your husband. It's easy to lay your sin on Adam. It's easy to lay your sin on Eve. But friend, if you go to hell, it'll be your sins that'll tend you there. No one else's sins. It'll be your sins that send you there. Amen. Yes, Mephibosheth was lame. He couldn't walk. He's in a hopeless condition. Oh, friend, if we could just see the hopeless condition of man without Jesus Christ. He couldn't come if he wanted to over to David's house because he was lame on his feet. But I want us to notice in here in verse number four, it said, and the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. This word maker means bondage. Mephibosheth was in the house of bondage. All these words have a meaning that'll help us to understand the condition that Mephibosheth was in. He was in a place of bondage. That's where you are if you're without God. Amen. You're bound by sin. Somebody said, well, I could quit this and I could quit that. Well, why don't you quit it, amen? Amen, the reason you don't quit it is because you can't. You're bound by sin. And let me tell you something, even if you could quit it, that wouldn't save you. If you'd quit doing everything you know is wrong, it still wouldn't save you. Amen. You've got to be born again. You're still bound by sin. Amen. I was once bound. I remember when I was a young person going to school and I would turn over a new leaf and try to do better different times. I tried to make little starts and, and I'd get up the morning and I'd say, okay, I'm not going to do this today and I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to say that. And I, I just make over a little rule and I'm just going to quit living in sin. But you know what? Before the day is up, I was right into the very thing I said I wasn't going to do. Amen. Amen. One time I got under conviction and there was a place that I was working. I went back behind that little place and, and nobody could see me back there. And I kind of prayed like this. Now, Lord, if you'll just save me back here, I won't tell nobody about it. <laughs> and just, just be me and you. I'll be a secret disciple if you'll just save me back here. I mean, I didn't want to humble myself. I was bound by sin. Oh, friend, no matter how hard I tried to quit sinning, I sinned the more. The more I tried to quit living in sin, the more I lived in sin. But oh, what a change when Jesus comes in, amen. There was a change when Jesus come in. What's the change? It wasn't me, but thank God there was a greater one on the inside. Amen. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's why you don't have to live in sin no more after you get saved. That's why you don't have to walk in the flesh no more after you get saved. Because there's a greater man on the inside of you that's greater than he that's in the world. Praise God. Yeah, I was in sin's prison. Oh, so dark and cold. Just a lost sheep wandering from God's eternal fold. But the door swung open. 
Jesus spoke to me, I've signed your pardon. You may now go free. I'm thankful for the day that he signed my pardon. I was bound by sin. I was bound by the chains of the enemy. But praise God, he set me free. Now the one, my friend, that's trying to set you free, the one, my friend, that paid your pardon, you're resisting him. That's the way it is with a lot of lost people. Jesus already signed your pardon. But if you're not careful, you'll run from him. You'll flee from him. You'll resist him. But if you can just understand this morning, he's already signed your pardon. He's not saving you to bring you in bondage. He's saving you to set you free. And you should know the truth. And the truth should set you free. Praise God forever. Mephibosheth and I was from the same place. Amen. Mephibosheth and I, we had a lot in common. Amen. The Bible says he is in the house of maker. That's where I was at. That's where you're at if you're not saved. You're in the house of maker this morning. You're bound by sin. You would like to quit doing some things that you're doing. But you can't do it because you don't have the greater one on the inside. But if you'll really get saved by the grace of God, sin will not have dominion over you any longer. Romans 6, chapter and verse number 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but you're under grace. This salvation brings us to liberty. Amen. Galatians 5, chapter and verse number 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled with the yoke of bondage. The law was a yoke of bondage. Sin is a yoke of bondage. But I I'm standing fast in my liberty this morning. I'm not going to be overtaken once again by that yoke of sin. I love my liberty. I'm rejoicing in my liberty. By the grace of God, I'm not going to let the devil cheat me out of it. Well, that's what Christ came for, to break the chains of sin that's got you bound. Yes, if you're bound by sin, Christ came to break those chains of sin. We go on and we read in verse number four, and the king said unto him, where is it? Where is this Mephibosheth? And Ziba said unto him, unto the king, behold, he's in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Lodabar means barren. Not only was Mephibosheth in a place where he was bound. Not only was he lame, but he was thirsty. He was like the lady that we preached about earlier in the week, the lady who came to the well. Amen. I was from the place called Lodabar. I was in a barren condition before I got saved. If you're not saved, you're in a barren condition. Psalm 63 and verse number one says, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Oh, I can just imagine Mephibosheth. He's over there in Maker's house. He's over there in Lodabar. He's over there lame. He's bound and he's thirsty. All of a sudden, here they come to get him. 
You know what I believe they said when they got over there? Come ye to the waters. Amen. That caused uh, hope to spark up in Mephibosheth's heart. You know what I believe? I believe Mephibosheth sat there many days, lame on his feet. I'll be here in this bondage the rest of my life. I'll be here lame the rest of my life. I'll be here barren the rest of my life. But thanks be unto God, one day here come the servant, praise God, and call him out of that place that he was in. Thank God for the water of life. St. John the 4th chapter, verse number 14. But whoso drinketh of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Come ye to the waters. I believe that's what they said to Mephibosheth. Come ye to the waters. And he found the waters. Isaiah 35 and verse number 6 says, For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Verse number 7, And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. What is that parched ground? What is that desert? It's the soul that doesn't have God. It's the soul that doesn't have the water of life. That's that thirsty land. That's that desert, that dry condition. But thanks be unto God. Isaiah 12, 3 says, Therefore with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Yeah. Old Mephibosheth didn't have anything. He didn't have no hope. They sang the song from the house of an orphanage to the house of a king. That's what happened to Mephibosheth. That's what'll happen to you if you'll answer the call. Amen. Friend, we need to be rescuing the perishing. Care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Amen. Now I want us to notice verse number six. Now when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul was coming to David. He fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. Now I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself, and he said, What is thy servant? that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am. You know what we was before we got saved? Dead dogs. What good is a dead dog? No good. That's what you are if you're not saved. Amen. Brother, if you ever see yourself like that, you're getting close to the place where you can be saved. Oh, Mephibosheth, he fell on his face in their reverence. He saw that he wasn't worthy. He knew he wasn't worthy. What is thy servant that you would even look upon such a dead dog as I am? Friend, you know why a lot of people won't get saved? You know why a lot of people can't get saved? They won't be a sinner. You'll never be a saint till you become a sinner. You've got to realize you're lost without God on your way to a devil's hell, hopeless within yourself. If you got justice, you'd go to hell. What is thy servant that thou should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Oh, such a dead dog. My mind goes to the scripture in the word of God where there was a lady behind following Jesus. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, 
Have mercy, my daughter is vexed with the devil. Won't you have mercy upon my daughter? Jesus said to that lady, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it before dogs. If that had been most people that said, I ain't no dog. She said, truth, Lord. What you've said about me is true. But even the dogs eat from the master's table. Even the dogs, she is willing to be a dog. If you're willing to be a dead dog, he'll be your savior. Somebody said, what are you talking about? Jesus had mercy. He turned around and said, great is thy faith. And the daughter was made whole. Amen. I say the Bible says, Jesus said, I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I remember the night I was sick of sin and the way that I was living. I found that the prospects of sin all deceive. I'm glad for the day that I came and did like Mephibosheth. I'm glad for the day that I fell on my face. And I said, Lord, I'm not worthy. If you give me justice, I'll split hell wide open. But I'm begging for your mercy today. I'm pleading with you to have mercy on an old wretched sinner. I didn't come praying like the Pharisee prayed in Luke the 18th chapter. Two men went down to the temple to pray, and one was a Pharisee, one was a publican, and the Pharisee stood thus with himself, and he said, Father, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And he said, I'm glad I'm not like this publican standing over here. I mean, he told God how good he was. He told God what all he had been doing for him, but there was another man over there, and he felt so low. He felt so unworthy that the Bible says he wouldn't even as much as lift his eyes up to God's heaven. He didn't feel worthy to lift up his eyes towards God heaven, but he looked down to the earth, and the Bible said he smote upon his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible says, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. If you ever want to get saved, you'll have to be like the publican. Lord, I'm not worthy. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. And if you'll do that this morning, you can go home to your house justified in the sight of God with your sins cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Amen. But that's the way I felt that night I came. I'd been raised in a good Christian home. I'd had good training. A righteous mother, a righteous father that lived right before me a good Christian mom and dad. Oh, but I had went astray from the way they'd taught me, from the counsel they'd give me, and went into the depths of sin, brought a disgrace to their name. I thought whenever I looked at my mother in the casket as she lay there, I thought no doubt many of those gray hairs I probably put there. Oh, what a disgrace. That's the way I felt when I made my way down to that mourner's bench. That Saturday night in that old tent revival, I felt just like Mephibosheth. I'm not worthy. I'm just an old dead dog. But if you'll save this dead dog, I'll get up from here and I'll live for you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. If you'll just save this old dead dog, put some life in this old dog, clean this old dog up, and I'll do what you want me to do. Praise God through his grace and mercy. He reached way down to the very bottom, and he picked me up, praise God. And he 
put my feet on a solid rock, praise God. And he told me the same thing that he told Mephibosheth. He brought me to the king's table, amen. And he said, you can eat bread at my table continually. I've been feasting on the living bread ever since. And Mephibosheth, you know what I found? He said, thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. When he was sitting at the table, you couldn't tell he was lame on his feet. No, that was all hid. Thank God I can sit at his table. Amen. He didn't have that kind of food over there in that house of bondage. No, but now he's sitting at the king's table. I don't believe he ever went to that table to eat. Then he said, I'm not worthy. He thought back where he came from. I can't keep from thinking where God brought me from. Oh, thank God where he brought us from when we were lost without God. I'm glad he brought me to this highway of holiness this morning. It's a highway of holiness. There's no unclean thing on this highway. It's for the redeemed that can walk thereon. Praise God. Amen. You can eat bread at his table. Continually. Thanks be unto God for the bread that we can partake of. It has no leaven in it. It's the pure, unadulterated Word of God. Praise God. And I like it just like it is. Amen. I don't want it watered down. I don't want it changed around. I want the pure, whole, unadulterated Word of God. I just soon preach on Mephibosheth as anybody. Amen. Because he's a whole lot like I was. Lame on his feet, bound by sin, thirsty for something better. Thank God I found something better. I don't thirst for the world no more. I found something that will quench the thirst. Amen. Now, if you're here this morning and you're bound by sin and you don't have the water of life, friend, you're in a hopeless condition. The Spirit of God's here to draw you to an altar of prayer. Friend, you can't even come on your own. But thanks be unto God, if you'll answer the call of the Holy Spirit, He'll bring you to the place. He came looking for me. I wasn't looking for Him, but He came looking for me. Just like they came looking for Mephibosheth, they come and found Him. He said, where is He? God knows where you're at. He's searching for you. He's drawing you. I tell you, it'd been a foolish thing for Mephibosheth to stay over there in that house of bondage, in that thirsty land, when he was, had the opportunity to come to the king's table. Friend, don't put off this privilege that you have. You can come to the king's table. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.